Good morning to you this morning. If you would find your place and find your Bibles, if you turn with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11 for our scriptural view and to look into what is there. If there could be a Bible in the uh, pew in front of you, in the chair in front of you, you're certainly welcome to pick that up and use it this morning. If you do, there's a, if it's one of the newer ones, it's on page 748, page 740, John 11. Fabulous story coming to you this morning from the Gospel of John. And now there was a man, his name was Lazarus, was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. You may be familiar with that story. So Lazarus was sick. And so a sister sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. And I look at that and I say, we all are loved by the Lord. We all are. But these were special friends with, with him. Special friends that were there. He'd stayed in their home. And when he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, the Bible said. Jesus loves me, this I know. How do you know that? Jesus loves me, this I know. For what? The Bible tells me so. That's right. We learned that as children. Growing up, Jesus loves me so because the Bible tells me so. And that's exactly right to have happened. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, <laughs> look, look, he stayed where he was two more days. Why? Because Jesus was on vacation. With his disciples. They were catching a little R&R. I mean, you can't work 24-7, you know. The demands of the job are always there. They'll be there tomorrow, won't they? That's so funny when I think, well, I'm going to take a little time off, and it'll be nice, and when I come back, all the stuff piled up. So then you have to rush to get everything caught back up. But Jesus was on vacation. And so he stayed there two more days. Please note this. God's ways are his own. God's ways aren't our ways. And then he said to his disciples, after waiting two more days, he said to them, let us go to Judea. But they responded and said, but Rabbi, they said to him, a short while ago, in which we looked at last week, a short while ago, the Jews were trying to stone you, and yet you are going back. And Jesus answered and said to them, as he responded to that, he said, Are there not twelve hours in the daylight? Anyone who walks in the daylight will not stumble, for they will see by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, when they have no light. And so I'm going back to take the light back to Judea. That was what his purpose was. Incredible. He knew the risk. 
And after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I'm going to go there to wake him up. And it's just, I was, oh, Lord, that's wonderful. If he sleeps, he will get better. That would be a good idea. That would be great. And when Jesus had, was speaking about his death, but his disciples thought it was meant natural sleep. That's what they thought he was talking about. And so he said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He was on R&R. He was on vacation. He couldn't be hurried. And he said, for your sake. For your sake. For my sake. You catching this? For our sake. He's saying, I'm glad that I was not there. I'm glad I wasn't there. So that you, so that me, so the disciples, so that everybody after that moment would believe. Let's go to him, they said. And all Thomas, who's also called Didymus, he said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Here we go. This is going to be a disastrous trip. And on arrival, the Bible says, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb. How long? Four days in the tomb. Now, Bethany was less than uh, two miles from Jerusalem, which if you go with us, you'll see that. We'll visit the spot. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother, just as we would go and comfort one another. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. Why? Martha was ticked. She knew exactly where Jesus was. She had sent the messenger. She had gone out. She knew that they were R&Ring on a vacation, that she had sent a message that this was urgent. He is very sick. You must come at once. And she could clearly deduce that Jesus had sat still for two more days before he ever bothered to get up and say, let's go and come back. She was angry. And she said to him, Lord, (laughs) if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Exactly. Exactly. She was right, was she not? She was exactly right. Have you ever been around the deathbed of a loved one and said to yourself or in your heart or out loud, Lord, if you'd have been here, this would be taken care of. I have. As a pastor, I sometimes at the bedside of some of you who are very sick, It's heartbreaking to say goodbye to a member of my church. I remember being there with my head deacon who had cancer and he had just hours left. 
Lord, if you'd have been there, do something. We're praying, do something. Speak it. You can do it. See, exactly. That's exactly. Oh, and then she goes on. She gives this little caveat. She says, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. That was kind of a... To be respectful, I suppose. And Jesus responded to and said to her, your brother will rise again. And she said, well, of course, I believe that. I know that he will rise in the resurrection at the last day. Yes, we all have that. That's not very comforting as we go through that. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus said. No one who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives in me, excuse me, lives by believing in me, will never die. Do you believe this? What do you think? Do you think she believed that? Well, sort of. Yeah, sort of. I mean, we we all said, yeah, sort of. Yeah, of course. So what transpired is that uh, he got there and Martha and Mary came out and Mary went through the same routine. Hey, hey, if you, uh, if you'd have been here. Because they knew he could have healed him. And it was an affront. It was offensive to them. It was a hard pill to take to know that Jesus had not come and responded to their call. It was a tough pill to take. And no wonder they were ticked. I would have been too. And I bet you would have too. And then Jesus asked, well, where where have you laid him? And I said, well, come and see, they replied. Come up here and we'll show you. And the Bible said, Jesus wept. Now, my father, uh, sometimes when we were having worship as a family, he would say, well, let's go around and give our favorite Bible text. And so he would start, and then we'd go around. When he would get to me, I would say, mine is John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. That's it. Shortest verse in the Bible. It was easy for me to remember. My dad did not like my response. So what is that, Bill? I said, Jesus wept. It's a beautiful passage. <laughs> Jesus wept. Why? Why? He knew what was coming. He knew what he was going to do. He could have said, hey, cheer up. Where do you see what I'm going to do? This is going to be really cool. You're going to be happy. But Jesus wept with them. Because he is one of us. And he knows what it means to suffer. He knows the pain in our hearts. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. See? And then some of the Jews say, see how he loved him. See how he loved him. But some of them said... Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? And the answer would be, obviously, yes. Obviously, yes. 
And so Jesus, the Bible says, once more moved, deeply moved, came to the tomb. And it was a cave of stone laid across the entrance. And you've, you'll see that they had dug caves and they rolled these big stones across in front of them, very common in that time frame. And Jesus said, well, take away the stone. And Martha grunted, uh, uh, Lord, that's not a good idea. By this time, there's a bad odor, for he's been in there for four days. This is not a good idea. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, the Bible says, and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of those sitting in the church in Naples, Florida, that they would believe in me. Well, I added, you probably saw that. But it's that's that's it. That's absolutely it. Those that are standing around, Lord, even to Mary and Martha, who said they believe, but we really doubt whether they really were there, because they had no concept of what Jesus could do. They thought he could heal people. But this, he's already dead four days. Already stinks. Odor is there. And then when Jesus said this, he called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! Now some would surmise if he had not said Lazarus, everyone who was dead would have resurrected. I don't know. But the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with straps of linen and his uh, a cloth around his face. And he said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Can you imagine the shock on the face of the people as they saw him coming out? Mary and Martha who saw him come out and sudden realization that their dead brother was now completely whole and alive. As he's standing there, wrapped as they had wrapped him, probably with their tears on there, still on there. And he comes out. And they're so stunned at looking that I can just see their eyes, their mouths hanging wide open as they're looking at this. Take off the clothes. Take off what you've wrapped him in. What you've buried him in. Not appropriate anymore. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. Not everybody. (laughs) But many who came believed in him. Next week we see Lazarus again in the next, continue the story. But many believed in him. Because Jesus had the power to raise a man from the dead simply by calling him forth. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. What can we gather from this story about this man from Bethany? 
What lessons given? There are many that we can gather, but I would just like to highlight for a few. With God, there is no hurry and there is no delay. Therefore, there are no emergencies. You see that? With God, there are no emergencies. We're bound. But think we've got to hurry up, get them there quick. Hurry up, do something. And that's true. But God is not bound by that. Jesus is never surprised, caught off guard. No matter what our human problem is, it can be simply corrected, put back, done. There's a company that goes around and called ServePro. Have you heard of them? ServePro. We had a fire in our church. Somebody set one of the men's um, dispensers in Minneapolis, set our men's uh, towel dispensers on fire. Wasn't that a great thing to do? Some kid in there. Fortunately, somebody happened to come by. It was on Saturday afternoon. Happened to come by and walking down the hallway and smelled the smoke. And what in the world's gone? Called the fire department. They did quite a bit of damage in that men's room. ServPro, and I'm not advertising them, but ServPro came. And to their thing, is like it never even happened. Pretty much was like it never even happened. And so you can go there today and you never even notice. Jesus is not like ServPro. It's not like it never even happened. It's remembering what happened and seeing what he did. That's it. All right. We, we have to go on to 1 Thessalonians 4 because Paul talks to us about this so clearly to all of us. So clearly on this particular passage to us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We believe that Thessalonians was the first part of the New Testament ever written. We believe that that was. When we get to heaven, we can ask him and we'll get some clarification. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I'm at verse 13. Brothers and sisters who are sitting here in the Naples church, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus from the grave those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. And so as I was talking to that deacon, I was saying, and it appears to me, Mike, you're going you're gonna to be leaving us. He says, yep. He says, I'm, I'm going. This is it. And I said, all right. <clears throat> you're resting in Jesus. And when he comes, you will be resurrected first. We'll have to sit and wait for you as you go up into the clouds, the Bible says. So while you're up there, this could be a large crowd, Mike. And he said, yes, I was expected to be. So you're tall. You're going to have to wave like crazy so we can find you. <laughs> and he laughed about it. And But it's real. See? 
So those who are left until the coming of the Lord certainly will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, just like he did with Lazarus. With the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will do what? Will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will forever be with the Lord. So therefore, encourage one another, comfort one another with these words. And to the Thessalonians, this was really important because they were being martyred. They were suffering for their faith. They had lost loved ones in the church. And Paul gave these words of incredible courage to them. So we look forward to that day when Jesus will gather, gather us up. All of us who are old enough probably have stood the grace side of our loved ones, fallen asleep in Jesus. We are to take courage from what happened to Lazarus in Bethany. Because Jesus gave to us the example of what he will do. He didn't leave us for guesswork and saying, well, maybe someday you'll see it. He did it. And I look forward to that day when Jesus will come and I will see my loved ones, whether in family or in my church family or friends who will come and rise, and we will all be together with the Lord again. We call it the blessed hope, do we not? It is the blessed hope. Based on the factual evidence given to us in Bethany at the raising of Lazarus. You see, Jesus didn't say, just believe. He said, take the facts and then look. See if that doesn't strengthen your faith. And so even so come, Lord Jesus. Dear Lord, I thank you for this powerful, powerful story that you've given to us out of, out of John. It is a stunning story. It's the one that inspires us. Martha portrays, and so does Mary, the doubt, the concern, the anger, but they spoke for all of us who have, who are caught in this world of sin. But you supersede it. There is no emergency with you. There's no hurry. There's no delay. For there's no problem in our human suffering that you cannot correct, restore, repair, recreate. You did that with Lazarus so long ago. Father, today, we believe. Help our unbelief. In your name, amen.